What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Coast to Coast. I am Ronan Gain. Joining me as always, Chris Nambu. Back after a little break, we took a little. We took a little summer break. We're both uh, obviously busy. Chris, Chris is very busy. I'm busy. With yeah, I don't know what break so you're talking about, man. We 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 just took a break from the podcast. Our, our lives as a whole, we were definitely not uh, yeah. definitely not on a break. But we're back now. We're gonna have uh, another interesting talk. We're still still off season stuff. We're still in the depths of that. We're gonna be beginning our our look at some of the teams that have a lot of questions to answer going into the next season. Obviously, there's the usual ones. We're going to be looking at the ones that maybe people are, are forgetting about. There's a lot going on, lots of change with them. We'll be getting into that. We'll be go- oh, also opening up a new segment called the Throwback Corner, a little discussion on a few bits that don't don't get uh, don't get as much screen time these days, aren't talked about enough anymore, but uh, pretty, pretty, pretty amazing facts when it happened and uh, uh, deserve a bit more recognition. Then we're going to be going into a little draft. We'll explain that to you later. Me and me and Chris are going to be drafting a team with uh with with a budget. So it should uh, it should get interesting before a few other fun segments to finish off. But before we get started, I just want to thank you all so much for listening. And remember, you like what you're hearing, like, subscribe, and we will keep providing that content. Before we start, Chris, how are you doing? You good? Well, we're good. Like you said, the break, not much of a break. Basically, we're in finals week right now. I've, I've had like four tests a day every week. Nobody wants to hear about that, and neither do I, but um, good that we can talk about some basketball. And good that we can look at the NBA 75. I don't think we had a chance to actually talk about it when uh, it came out. So good to do a little history review. And uh, we do have to give our disclaimer that we are millennials. So any older people out there, I respect your NBA knowledge. I respect the history. But we're going to be picking people, too, that uh, that are a little near and dear to our hearts as well. But I think first, what, we're talking Raptors here? We're talking Toronto Raptors. A, team a, lot, of questions. a lot of questions. A lot of questions. A lot of questions. Where do we start with them? I mean, first, I, I want to start with with Nick Nurse. I, I don't think we gave him a proper goodbye on the, on the pod or a welcome, really, to Philadelphia. But Nick Nurse, a guy who's been easily a top three coach in the league, for five, six, seven years now, the amount of success he's had. It, it's crazy to see that. I, I thought he was going to be the guy to lead uh, the young guys to where they're supposed to be on this team. So this is really, I don't think it's being talked enough about how this is a very, very new, fresh chapter for the Raptors as they uh, as they enter in with the new head coach. Yeah, it's very strange sort of situation they're kind of like half making moves where you think oh maybe they're looking towards a rebuild and kind of half just kind of shaking things up just a little bit to get them on a what they're hoping will be onto a better track but obviously the fire nick nurse they bring in a first year head coach darko rajakovic assistant in memphis assistant for the suns assistant for okc he's got a lot of experience as an assistant you don't really know until 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 he gets the opportunity what he's going to be like, but it's uh it's definitely an interesting move to go from a guy like Nick Nurse to uh to Darko. It's going to be interesting to see where they go from here and just the team as a whole then as well. It's uh it's a it's an interesting situation that he's coming into. I think that the whole what do you think he's going to be, you know, criticized for or expected? Like what what's the main ex- expectation for him? coming into this team because I think you know some players or some coaches rather you bring them into a team that's ready to win and it's like okay the benchmark is playoffs or the benchmark is uh Eastern Conference Finals something like that but 
for a team like the Raptors, where where there is there are really good players on this team. There is potential, but there are also young players. There's also a lot of things to clean up. Like what what kind of expectation do you put on a guy like that for his first head coaching job too? Yeah, it, it's a tough one because on paper you're kind of saying that he kind of has to get them into the playoffs just because of some of the guys they still have. The fact that they haven't really like they haven't like traded off a of Siakam or or anything like that. So you kind of still think that the playoffs is still kind of what is expected out in Toronto. They've been pretty blessed. I mean, the, over the last 10 years, they've been fairly consistently in the playoffs almost almost every year. Obviously won the title in uh, in 2019. But that it maybe it's a it's reaching a little bit. Maybe it's a lot of pressure to put on a first year head coach with this current team, but I feel like there's still enough talent there and there's still in a position where the the playoffs got to be the expectation for this Raptors team. Yeah, it's the expectation. I think that's a win. Like that's that's a best case scenario. They make the playoffs. They obviously didn't make it out of the play in last year, and you lose Fred VanVleet. Mm-hmm. So, how do they fill that hole in this current roster? That that to me is, is the biggest question. Dennis Schroeder. <laughs> I mean that's I mean, the yeah. replacement they got. I mean, like it's it's weird. They like they probably had a they they lost a key member of their team, like Fred VanVleet, one of their one of their best players, their their point guard, one of their one of their main shooters. He's gone. They bring in they only really added what Dennis Schroeder, McDaniel's obviously got they got a uh, Pirtle back, but it's uh it's gonna be a big gap to leave, and it's gonna put the ball in Scotty Barnes' hands a lot more. I think that's got to be the main expectation yeah. here. Yeah, so I I feel like that's the that's the main thing. If if the Raptors somehow make it into the playoffs, that that tells me one of a few things have happened. One, Scotty Barnes has really figured out how to score the basketball. Um, you saw his percentages go down. You saw his confidence go down in the shooting. Um, you saw him get the Ben Simmons treatment at times last year. So you hope that the shooting comes along and. Uh, you know, th- this is one thing that you read about coach sometimes you don't know how much validity there is to it because, you know, you, you're not there. You, you don't you can't really make associations. But a lot of people have talked about how, how he has really developed Jaron Jackson Jr. over in Memphis, um, how he's been a part of the development of Desmond Bain, who has been one of the premier shooters in this league. So, I mean, put those two t- things together, you know, do with those what you, you will. But those are two really big things that you'd want to see from Scotty Barnes, who has aspirations to be a defensive player of the year type of player, who has aspirations to be a better shooter. So if he's being successful, I think that's that's how they're in the playoffs. Or I I just don't see I don't see a lot of growth elsewhere on this team. I I, I think, and this is not to downplay the All NBA player he is, but I think Siakam is who he is, and he's going to bring it every night. He's going to be a guy that's going to keep you competitive, but. Could we see more from OG? Maybe. Um, OG has talked about wanting to be more on ball, but that kind of comes in direct conflict with, you know, what they want to see from Scotty. So as a new coach too, I think I think heading into the season, that those are those are things to figure out because it's a clean slate for these players. Nick Nurse may have had expectations for who OG is as a player, but this is kind of an opportunity. Maybe that changes, um, unless that's that's really dependent on Masai's vision for this team, but. You know, maybe there's some players on this team that can recreate themselves, whether that's OG, you know, Scotty continuing to to get better. Um, and this is a super long shot, but a guy who has talked a lot about 
wanting playing time and who has, you know, at least showed it in spurts, like being very competitive, good shooter. Malachi Flynn, I mean, maybe he gets maybe he gets some playing time on this team. So th- there are some opportunities. I'm curious to see how it goes, but all this is going to come down to player development for uh, for Darko. Yeah, that's the, that, that's the big thing. It's developing Scotty Barnes into that 20-point-per-game, two-way leader of your team. I mean, he... he... He had a pretty lackluster second year. It was mm-hmm. it was disappointing for him, disappointing for the Raptors. And you're kind of thinking maybe they'll look that sort of situation. Maybe they'll kind of look to move off of a guy like a, a Siakam or a few of the other older guys just to kind of just give Scotty Barnes that chance to grow into himself and find out what kind of player he wants to be. Like what sort of impact is the amount of time the ball's in Siakam's hand having on Scotty Barnes. Does he just need that freelance to just do whatever to really to really grow, or can he do it alongside a guy like Siakam or even when he was playing with Van Viet, that he's gone now. You know that's gonna mean more more ball time for for Scotty Barnes, but he's gonna have to take a, a pretty significant jump this year. I think they'll be expecting it. Maybe they'll be surprised and they'll act like it's a bit of a surprise. But I think uh, behind the scenes in Toronto, they'll need to be expecting a pretty decent jump from Scotty Barnes. Like he's the guy that they are looking to build around for the next, what, 10 years? Yeah. It's it, th- the third year, after, especially after a lackluster second year, it's time for a jump. He's going to need to be taking a big jump in his points per game. If he sustains the uh, passing, he's going to have the ball in his hands more. He averaged just under five assists last year. He could possibly take that up to to possibly six or seven if he's getting the ball more and he's and he's uh, understanding the game more. And like you said, it's gonna be it's gonna be down to him whether or not they make the playoffs. Most likely, and also when you think about the starting team, you're kind of like, are they expecting like Grady Dick to instantly come in and be like a top five shooter in this league? Like, is that what no. they they're gonna no. need to no. be able to really make that that sort of jump? But. It's it's definitely an interesting one. Like you said, the player development for this team is definitely the key, and that's the main thing that I think you're right. They'll want to see from from the new head coach is how he looks to develop Scotty Barnes, how he looks to bring uh, Grady Dick into the league. Maybe he looks to get more out of OG, more out of Precious Achua, guys like that. It's going to be player development's definitely the the main focus. You'd have to think bringing in a guy like Darko. Oh. How well do we need to see Scotty play for him to quote unquote deserve? And the whole strategy behind having to keep players is definitely, you know, that definitely comes into play. So oftentimes players are inking contracts that do they deserve? I don't know. Everyone deserves it because they're working for it. But how well does he have to play for that? Because he's coming up on a max rookie extension. And I mean, I, I think at a at a minimum. I think 30% of the cap, I think that's what, one seven. That's it's a lot of money. Like they he he would be put signed to a lot of money. And on top of that, not just like stats wise, does it come into play at all seeing how Masai Ujiri talked to him throughout the season and coaches have talked about it and there's clearly smoke about his work ethic, you know, not to question his character, because I mean he's a young guy um coming into his own in this league. But I think you see pretty early on for the superstars in this league that at a bare minimum, they are known for their work ethic. They are known for how bad they want it, how hard they strive for it. And that's just not a question. So to see that come into question throughout this season as he was slumping on top of the lack of production, 
makes me wonder how big of a jump like personality wise he needs to make and on the court he needs to make in a year where he's going to be potentially extended for 30% of their cap. Yeah, I mean, if I'm like the Raptors and looking at that, that's obviously something they need to make a judgment call in terms of the actual personality, but you hope you'll see that the growth in his personality that will show, uh, showcase on the floor as well. But like if he's averaging what he's averaging this year and like he's shooting below 30 from three again, only getting over 20 in 18 games like he did last year, it'll be very difficult to, for them to to give him a, a, a max extension or anything like that. So I think there there definitely is pressure on him and there's probably a bit of pressure on the Raptors too to like he's in a year now where it could be kind of make or break whether they want to commit to him or not. He's going to have to be somewhere in like the, the 28 and 6 sort of realm if he's around there for the season and they're, they're actually winning games on top of that and he's shown he can be a, a real two-way threat and the leader of this team. Then you're like, yeah, we can believe in this guy. We can put our money into this guy and believe we're we're building around him. But if he continues to struggle with his efficiency, continues to struggle as a scorer and doesn't really take that leap as the lead guy for this team, then the questions really will start to raise. And if they were to commit, then I think a lot of people will be really questioning what the what the Raptors are seeing. Yeah, it's. I think just in general, this team is unfortunately like the the build of it doesn't make sense right now Mm -hmm. and you love the individual success that you've seen from um not only um pascal siakam but og ananobi like a guy that everyone's on the phone trying to get everyone's on the phone trying to get him everyone's on the phone trying to get siakam and you know scotty was even potentially a piece that could have won them kevin durant um which apparently was a non-starter but it's this is an interesting thing about player development because you know you know you go from a guy like like Scotty where in year one it's it's like it's such a blank canvas because he's such a special and a different kind of player like with his size and his versatility and just like his style of playing too like like the the Magic Johnson esque type of passing that he has you know and obviously that that came in spurts and improved a little bit last season but I I think there's there's definitely a a way for him to become a star in this league, but it's a very different type of way. Like he, he has to pave that. Um, he's not just like some typical, you know, wing shooter defender. Like you just have to get better at these two things. Like in order for him to be a great player, like he needs to become a point guard. He needs to become a, a six, nine lanky point guard, stay in front of small guys, be able to still space the floor, make smart decisions like that. These are very, I think these are really tough things for a player at his age. So it's, it's definitely understandable that it's coming there, but I, I think it's fascinating to watch a player like him grow. Um, Cause you don't really know where it's going to go. You don't, you're not really sure like what kind of player he's going to end up becoming. Cause I think he's just, he's just so different of a talent. Yeah. I think that's very fair. I think it, it's, it's not a guy where you're thinking, uh, like he really has that potential to be that knockdown scorer, that go-to guy in the moment. But you're also like, he could still be that star. Like, the Raptors picked him number four, right? And they they clearly believe that there's talent there to be a lead star, the worth building around. So, yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how his game grows. And this should be the first insight into what type of player he's really going to be in the NBA. This is the year that we should really get the first first insight there. Hopefully, if we're Raptors fans, uh, yeah, you'll be hoping that it's uh, 
all of the above. The playmaking's on point. The defense is there. He starts being that scorer, but I, I, I definitely think the, the defense and the passing, if that really comes to fruition this year, then that's something that you know you can believe in there. Mm-hmm. Do you do you think that like best case scenario, best case scenario, if, if Grady Dick turns out to be what a he's a top ten shooter, he's a solid he's an okay defender. Um he seemed a little bit more aggressive than I thought trying to get to the rim. But say he's a he's a proficient good player in this league. Scotty Barnes can become an actual like point forward, like kind of what we saw, you know, a little bit from Ben Simmons away. You know, he's, he is the guy taking the ball at the court. He is initiating actions. You know, he's playing more in pick and roll. Siakam's still that guy. OG still that guy. Pirtle is a rim protector. Is that, is that a starting five? If all things work out, is that your playoff team? Or is there still something major missing? Is that a core that, you know, you can get behind? Definitely a core you can get behind. I think, yeah, especially like you said, if it's a best case scenario sort of situation, it's also very teetering there where it could also be like, what the hell are they really doing here? What 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 the hell is going on here? What why did why do they expect so much out of all these guys? But you know Siakam is gonna be Siakam. You know, you know what you're gonna get out of Pirtle. It's just the question marks are there, but if it really comes to fruition, then you're like, definitely. I think at the very least they could they can be a seven or eight seed in the playoffs. They can, if it's through the play-in again, you'd be confident of them maybe winning it. As much as there's other talent in the in the Eastern Conference, I, I'd be more favorable for them in the East than I would be at West at this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think um, like for final thoughts, I have on that, just like picturing what this kind of team looks like. Another, a whole summer together and having a true center around them you know, I, I think obviously losing Fred, I, I think is is the biggest pain, not just uh, defensively, like what with what he brings. You know, he's always leading the league in in deflection. I mean, he's so active out there, but offensively, his shooting. You know, if you look at a potential starting five that we just mentioned, I think a lot of their shooting issues get fixed by Grady Dick. Maybe he's not hitting, but I think he is. He is a prolific movement shooter. Like he he will run around screens. If you can run that for him, that that's a wrinkle that really adds a lot to this offense. And then if Scotty Barnes, if, if his shooting has come along, if he can be, if he can at least be a stationary shooter, I mean, that does a lot. Uh, I think there's just too many times where the only shooters out there are OG and will be Grady Dick. But if Scotty can become proficient there, I think that opens up for Siakam and just two little things there, just adding Grady Dick and that, just being able to shoot like 35% from three from uh from Scotty. Two little things. Maybe that that really vaults his team up. That opens up a lot. It's hard to see if that's gonna happen when you didn't even have it with Fred, but I think there's a way. I think there's definitely a path. There's a path to this team to be good. And I, especially with how much havoc they create um defensively. Like they're just gonna be such a long team. I'm facing Grady Dick's a big guy too. Like he's not a imposing defender. But just the length that they will have uh, running that squad out there. And then you obviously have Jakob Pertl back there defending the rim. Like defensively, they, they can continue to strive to be one of the best defenses in the league. Yeah, for sure. I think even last year, they had a bad year. They they often looked like they were struggling. They were still the the, the steady eddies of the league. They were 12th in net rating. They were right there in the middle of the pack. You definitely think that that can grow now with a full season with the uh, 
with Pirtle. I think we're going to see more growth from OG, hopefully more growth from Scotty. But yeah, like like you said, the, the path is there, but this is Scotty Barnes' year. There's 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 pressure on him. If the Raptors are going to be anything this year, the pressure's on Scotty Barnes, but we will we will remain to be seen what happens there. But it's definitely the Raptors are one. Not the major ones. They're not the ones that are going to be going for the championship or even really going to be a contender in the playoffs. But they're one of the most interesting teams as you look ahead into the new season from what's gone on, what's changed since last year and what they, uh, what, what, what could happen in the, in 2023, 2024. But moving on from that, we'll get, we'll be looking at more teams over the next few pods, the likes of Dallas, the likes of Minnesota to, to name a few ahead of the new year. But for now, we're going to go, we're going to go back. We're going to go back a few years. We're heading over to the throwback corner, a new segment, just discussing of something, an anomaly that, Never doesn't really get enough credit, I don't think. It's not talked about enough, but from 2015 to 2018, the Warriors and the Cavs, or the Warriors and LeBron James, met in the finals four straight years. That is insane, especially when you think of the fact that we've had different teams in the playoffs over since since 2019. Nobody's gone to the play uh, to the finals back to back, and this. These two teams went there four straight years in a row. The dominance there, just absolutely insane. And to put it into perspective, you think like the most famous rivalry battle of the finals is the Lakers and the Celtics. They never did more than three years in a row uh, mm-hmm. going going to the finals. So like, like, like it's just amazing to think of the, the dominance, how good both these teams were, how good LeBron James was, how good... The Warriors were as a as a whole. It was it was a it was a crazy time to think about. I I never knew that that was long because I thought about those Lakers Celtics. So to find that out I was like, that's that's crazy. Four years in a row is the longest streak in the NBA, and it's the longest streak in American sports. And the MLB, the only time the longest one they ever had was uh, three in a row back in the twenties with the Giants and the Yankees. So I don't even know how many MLB teams were back in the 1920s. In the NFL, the only there's only one rematch. There was never multiple years in a row. One rematch between the Cowboys and Dolphins, 72-73. And in the NHL, the last time they had a three-peat was in the 80s between the Oilers and Islanders. Four times in a row is the longest streak in American sports. And... I think it's it's crazy to think about like objectively now because you're like just the feat of how good those two teams were. Um, or like if you're a pessimist like me, maybe how bad some of the other teams were that they were facing. I don't know. Look at the Eastern Conference. But I think it's just it's crazy to to think about how um those faces pretty much stay the same except for Kevin Durant going to to the Warriors. But LeBron, uh, Kyrie, Kevin Love against Curry, Thompson, Green, and then Durant. But that 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 rematch over and over, I, I think it was during the time it felt it still it felt and it still feels like a a dark period of the NBA in a way. Where like the, the NBA just kind of belonged to the Warriors. The NBA pretty much just like belonged to LeBron. And like there there wasn't a lot of purpose to nuanced conversations of like, oh, who's gonna make it to the finals? Like who has a chance? It's nobody had a chance. Nobody had. I mean, even if you just look at the team, like you go down the West, uh, 
OKC, they should have been there. It should have been Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant in the final, but they they gave it up. I mean, that definitely was a story. Um, the Spurs, I mean, that that was that was a dynasty that had ended its course. They they were phasing out, and that was kind of a passing of the torch moment uh, when they eliminated the Spurs. I mean, but Harden twice, Harden never had it had a chance. It was always like him against the world. Um, and then Dame, like Dame just sniffed. Sniffed the finals, but they never really had a chance against them in the finals, in the Western Conference finals. And the East, too. I mean, look at the East, the, the competition that, that LeBron had. Um, not to say, not even to say that it was bad competition, but I think just compared to the greatness that those two teams achieved during that period of time, it just wasn't close. I mean, you, you look at that that 60-win Hawks team, for sure, great. They had, what, three, four All-Stars. Um, you could probably look back and call them, like, All-Stars, but not not true superstars in their time. And that just was so apparent when they, when they faced LeBron, like it, it was, it was obvious. Um, and I think basketball is like one of those sports you like you, you compare, you know, maybe why is there four years in a row in the NBA and there never was in any other sport. I mean, you have one guy like LeBron that can turn it on and the levels to this sport is unbelievable. Like he can supersede three amazing players because he is, top two all time in this sport and the best athletes to ever walk this planet. And I mean, it, it still breaks my heart to you. You look at uh, DeMar and Lowry, that, that was such a great, that Toronto, that was during that period of time, like the Raptors were an amazing regular season team, amazing regular te- season team. And I mean, even facing them uh, in the regular season, they, they looked like a team that could potentially beat LeBron. And it just what it was never close in the playoffs. And I have to say the same too, like about the Bulls. And I, and I will put so many asterisks against the Bulls not winning against LeBron during that period because of Rose being injured. And I still fully believe that a healthy Rose and a rising Jimmy Butler. I mean, that's it's. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, but I don't, I don't know. But that's even a, even gonna the, pain you forever and rightfully so, I, dude. It, it will. It will. I mean, I, I won't even go into the details of 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 why that shouldn't have even happened, but that. That team too never had a chance because of how great LeBron was. At the end of the day, like the King made it through. So four years of that darkness for everyone else, but just crazy to look back on. I, I didn't even realize, like mentally, that it would, was four years when you first mentioned it to me. Yeah, no, it was it was a it was a weird sort of situation, and it's it's like obviously the Warriors won it. 3-1 on, on the whole in terms of terms of a series but like what they had to do to 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 bounce back like Draymond Green's talked about this like he he fully believes that the Warriors may never become the dynasty after 2016 if they didn't add Kevin Durant like he he said that he fully believes that like if they they might have gone back to the finals game but he thinks LeBron would have had the edge on them without adding KD and like you put that move in perspective obviously they go the first two years 2015 and then 2016 they both win one each. The the Cavs make the, the great comeback, come back from three one down in the finals to beat the greatest ever regular season team. And then they go and add Kevin Durant. Like to put that in perspective, that's literally like the 72 and 10 Bulls adding mm-hmm. having added Shaq. That would that 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 it, it's effectively like that sort of level. That sort of uh, level of player, that sort of caliber of player. And like how 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 could they how could they lose after that? It's just amazing to think of what they had to do to make sure that they were 
able to to take that leap and become that that dynasty that that elite uh, that elite team. But it it always goes back to I know I have to toot my LeBron horn here of of course. Yeah, but like, yeah, I know that's what this is all about. Man. Yeah, of course, that's all that uh, this podcast is about. We all know that. But you always hear that everyone ate on LeBron while LeBron was there. Everyone got their fill. Maybe they did out west, but not not in the east. From like LeBron's first finals appearance, 2007 to 2018, only two non-LeBron James teams reached the NBA finals, and only one of them actually won a ring. Like that is just insane to think of. You had the Magic in 09, and the Celtics went twice. Outside of that, it was just LeBron. Like that is a crazy thing to think of, and to think of that elite Warriors team. The guy that they had to bring in to make sure that they were able to, they were able to beat LeBron, and and Kyrie. LeBron and Kyrie were as a duo probably up there with my probably my favorite ever all time. Watching watching the game, watching them two together was just unbelievable. It's sad that it it had to it had to end too uh, end too quick, but it it was a an amazing thing to see and and you kind of look at it you when you're looking back on it it's kind of crazy to think that that's that actually happened like the greatest regular season team ever added what um one of the probably maybe the greatest scorer ever to their team like how 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 is that how is that able to happen (laughs) um kobe bryant and michael jordan have entered the chat but uh i'll put them top three top five for sure but all things considered um that makes me think about too, like the biggest what if is maybe LeBron doesn't go to LA. It feels like he was always going to go there. He was, that was like his plan all along. But if Kyrie stayed, is there motivation for him to stay and finish things out? Like how many more championships do they make it to together? If they just kept status quo, they rearmed with whatever uh, veterans would join them. And I mean, LeBron's always taking veterans with him. So that, that would have just been that, that was a big, what for me, because it, it felt like they were, he was going to stay there and he was going to finish his career there. You know, the grumblings of LA, but I felt like Kyrie leaving that, that made that an imminent decision. It was obvious. Oh yeah. That's, that's always going to be the, the ultimate what if it's going to be in the minds of uh Cavaliers fans, I'm, I I I have a feeling that it's on the minds of both uh, both both Kyrie and LeBron too, because Kyrie went and made his little switch to Boston, then quickly came to the realization, yeah, maybe I'm better as a as as a second option, and uh, I need to go and uh, team up with a with with a dominator again, and he and he's done it in Brooklyn, and likely doing it again now in uh, over in Dallas as well. But always always going to be a what if and. Uh, like, like there is, there's just, there's just so many, and even in these great sort of situations, there's always those what ifs and what, what, uh, what could have happened. They stay together. Do they make it? Does it go to a fifth finals in in the uh, in 2019? Are the Raptors not there? You know, you know the hold that LeBron has on the Raptors. If LeBron is still playing with the uh, with the Cavs, even even without Kyrie, if he had stayed, was were they? Was would that uh, unbelievable championship run have happened? It's it's a kind of crazy to think of. Yeah, two dynasties that Kyrie is effectively wasted. I think I think Kyrie, if he stays with Boston like that, I mean that that team, that team's winning championships, and I think they they were so close already. And obviously, like hindsight twenty twenty, they've done a lot to come back from that. But 
I mean, that, that was, that was going to be, that was going to be the next dynasty. Kyrie, Tatum, Brown with what they've achieved already. But we, we've reminisced enough on this. Why, Ky- why Kyrie? <laughs> why? Let's go reminiscent again. Then we'll go, we'll go, we'll, we'll, we'll leave the throwback corner and head over to the draft table. What do what do we got here, Chris? Explain explain it to everyone. What way we're gonna do this draft here? All right. First of all, I gotta say that math is hard. Like math is really hard. Like basic addition, like algebra. I realized I still can't do that stuff. So when I tried to come up with the tiers and the cost, I think this is what makes sense. But essentially, what we want to do is give credit to everybody on the top seventy five. Looking back on this list, there's so many players that um, deserve to be recognized. And every time we do a top five, it's always your typicals. So we made some rules. We made a cap. So we, we want this to be a balanced draft. So essentially can't be drafting more than one player in the top five. Can't be drafting more than two players in the top six to 15 based on these rules. We have a total cap space of $15. The top five is going to cost you seven. You can't get more than that. Top six to 15. That's our tier two. That's going to cost us $5. 16 to 30 is going to cost three 31 to 50 is going to cost two. And then our 50 to 75 is going to cost $1. So we got $15 to spend, got five picks. We got to fill out our roster and we're going to see who's going to put together the best balanced and be able to do math on top of it in real time. We are going to add this together in real time. I promise. Um, and it won't be as bad as Ronan's typing on screen. I promise it won't be. Um, it might be. We, we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> I'm even gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be generous again. I'm gonna let you have the first pick. I. I think. I, I assume we know where you're gonna go. But let's draft our team. Fifteen dollar budget drafting from the all seventy five list. Let's go. You're gonna give me the first pick. All right. So, I think a lot of people would assume I'm gonna go LeBron or Michael Jordan, but I'm gonna be smart, and I'm not going to relegate my team to four bottom one picks. Okay. I'm gonna go with Kobe. Kobe, Kobe okay, that is an interesting start. I don't know, I don't know. That's uh, yeah, you've thrown me there. That's uh, that's uh, that's interesting. I'm gonna take for my first pick. You know, I have to do it. I I'm I'm taking LeBron James. We 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 know that. It's gotta gotta be gotta be the king. I've got I've blown my five dollars, but we'll. We'll your se- your seven dollars, sir. Oh, your my seven dollars. Sorry, I only got eight dollars yeah. left. Okay, okay. One pick in. We're still not doing math. All right. I am gonna go in my top fifteen. Who's gonna play next to Kobe Bryant? Who's gonna match that energy? I'm gonna go with Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan. Okay, yeah. That's that's a more that's a more expected pick. I think I think I like gotta like <laughs> that. Imagine those two teamed up together. That would have been that would have been in, in, insane. I'm gonna go for 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 a lower down one, a bit of a bit of a surprise, but I uh, always gotta gotta rep my nick. So I'm gonna take at my center for two dollars. I'm taking Patrick Ewing as as my as my center. Go going going cheap early, but uh, a guy that <laughs> dominated in New York, the best, arguably the greatest nick ever, right there. I like that. that. That's a lot of toughness right there. LeBron James, Patrick Ewing. That's that's a lot. That's a lot of man to go through to get to the room. Um, all right, this is where math gets up. I now have five dollars left of my budget for three more players. So, you know, I'm gonna think hard about this. I, I need to have a a point guard. I need to have a very hmm defensively, 
I want to go with Gary Payton. Gary Payton. But, mm-hmm. oh. but just like Pippen was great alongside MJ, I know Scottie Pippen would be great alongside Kobe Bryant. So I'm spending my $2 on Mr. Scottie Pippen. Okay. Best nice. second man of all time. Nice. That's a nice, that's a nice pick. You gotta rep your you gotta you gotta rep your bulls there. Yes, sir. I, I like that. Oh, ooh, where do where do I go from here now? Obviously, I've only got my six dollars left, so I gotta be uh I gotta be smart with where I'm putting my money, and I guess I gotta arguably go with LeBron's best teammate, his best number two, and take Dwayne Wade as my shooting guard. Three dollars. Dwayne Wade. A guy gets questioned questioned on uh, just just a little bit. Injuries obviously played a part in his career. Woody could he have been uh, one of the best shooting guards ever without without the injuries? But he still had a damn good career, and him and LeBron together was fire. Hmm. That that was that was some of the most fun like two man basketball, like with him. I mean that that picture of him just walking away mm-hmm. after the alley oop to LeBron. That's always what I'm gonna remember between those two guys. 100%. Uh, um. So now I got $3 left. I got two picks to go. I need a point guard and I need a center. And I can't imagine a better pairing for this team than Steve Nash himself. Damn you. Steve Nash himself. <laughs> I know you wanted to pick him. You got, you got your facilitator next to Kobe Bryant. Someone has to move the ball. It's not going to be him. Someone's got to get Pippen and Tim Duncan involved here. So Steve Nash didn't work out when he actually did play with Kobe, but this time. No, it was a bit, it was a bit past it. It passed his prime, unfortunately, then and uh, <laughs> FC. But yeah, if, if I think those two in their prime playing together, I think that would have been a a, a, ni- a a much nicer combo than it actually worked out when they ended up uh, when they ended up playing. But you take Steve Nash. I guess I got to take a, a point guard too, and I guess someone that. We always would have liked to imagine this trio playing together. You gotta to take Christopher Emmanuel Paul to play my to play my really? point guard. Okay, okay, okay. I, I have to ask a quick question here. Is it Chris Paul or is it Allen Iverson? Chris Paul. This is this is our quick I would you rather okay. Chris Paul Chris over Paul. Allen Iverson. Okay. Chris All Paul. right. Give me that. Oh, look at me. I can't spell again. I always have to mess up, but Chris Paul. And that leaves me with $1 for my last pick, I think. Would I be right in saying Sir, that? I got $1 as well, and this is a no-brainer. I was aiming from the whole time. Dwight Howard. Yeah. Prime, yeah. prime Dwight Howard. Yeah. Very, a very good pick. I, I, had, I had him on my list too, but obviously I went with, uh, I went with Ewing. And then at my power forward... I have only got my one dollar. Do I? I can't take another LeBron team out. I, I just can't. I can't, <laughs> I, I can't do it again. That's it, that's that's just, what I'm just do it. it. Just do it. Just I mean, do it. Do I, do I have to do it? Do I have to take? Do I, do I got to take AD at, at my at, at there? Don't I? I, I mean, does it have to be AD? No, I'll James go weird. Worthy, James Worthy. I'll go Lamelo. Take Dennis Rodman or not Lamelo. I'm gonna take Carmelo. Dennis Rodman. Dennis, Dennis Rodman. Rodman. Dennis okay. Rodman with my final pick. That's my team. We got your team. Let's see. Steve Nash, Kobe Bryant, Scotty Pippen, Tim Duncan, Dwight Howard going up against 
Chris Paul, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, Dennis Rodman, and Patrick Ewing. That'd be a battle. That'd be uh that'd be uh those are the tough teams to get through there. It's gonna be 80, 85 to 80. <laughs> Low shooting. This is bit this is very typical of uh of your teams, but I'm actually surprised I didn't really fill out uh any shooting on here. So Chris Paul and Patrick Ewing, that that's a that's quite the the pick and roll right there. LeBron James, Chris Paul playing together. That, that's a shame that that never actually came to fruition. You obviously know what you get from doing Wade. Um, that's an that's an interesting team. That that's an interesting team. I I wonder how uh <laughs> how would Rodman and LeBron James how would they mesh on that? How would Rodman and Chris Paul? Yeah, Robin and Chris Paul would be the the be the interesting one there, but they you know we're about, at the end at the end of the day, heart of hearts, Dennis Robin is a winner, and that's that's the most important thing you want in a team, right? Yeah, who's winning this head to head? Who's winning this head to head? Ah, I'm I'm taking I'm ta- I'm confident in my guys. I think you can make the argument that you have more star power, but. I have the superstar. I have the the goat right there, my my goat in my team, and I believe that. I don't prime, prime Kobe against prime LeBron, man. Just insert. I I don't know. Prime, I'm, I'm, I'm backing my boys. What do you what do you think? Where do you think Scotty Scotty, Scotty Pippen Scotty Pippen's locking down LeBron. Kobe Bryant's locking down Wade. Tim Duncan, he's scoring whatever he wants on route. Robin's too little for Tim Duncan. I, I think uh, I think I think who like the matchups work. Yeah, matchups wise, maybe you might you might just edge it. Well, maybe I'll take the L on this on the on the draft here. Maybe just maybe, but I'm always gonna back LeBron James. LeBron James is gonna win this for me. You see, Steve Steve Nash, Dwight Howard, that's that's five alley oops a game. He's dunking all over your team. Tim Duncan, he's in the post. I, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm taking Tim Duncan over uh over Patrick Ewing too. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Like I said, I think you got you got that you got that that extra bit of star player. Maybe that maybe you might just have the edge here. I, I I'll 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 I think I'll give you the win here. Well, no one picked Steph Curry. We didn't get any shooting out here. No Steph Curry. No Ray Allen. No. It was the prices, man. The prices. Is Steph Curry was tough in there. It's tough to get yeah. the to to get the the expensive guys, multiple of them, to to really flesh out. I know you yeah. started it. You got obviously you got Brian on Duncan, but didn't want to didn't want to go for Steph. I I think that we, when you look at like the greatest players, well, I think the the crazy thing is like how good these guys are on both ends of the floor. Mm-hmm. That that is something that you know true two way superstardom is hard to come by these days. Kawhi Leonard obviously like he embodies that today's NBA. LeBron has done it, but not all the time. But like your Kobe Bryant, your your Michael Jordan, you know, Scotty Pippen, guys who are doing it on both ends of the floor every night. That's that's not something we see all the time in the NBA today. So when you look at the top of the NBA seventy five, you're just looking down and all these guys are are true like two way superstars. Like maybe the shooting wasn't there just because they didn't shoot it back in the day. But like I said, it's gonna be eighty five to eighty. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's definitely gonna be it's gonna be low scoring, and uh, maybe because of the shooting, maybe just because of the great defense. I think both of our teams are gonna be able to put up put up a pretty reasonable level of defense, especially uh, especially your guys. But uh, I think I'll let you take the win there. But we'll we'll 
I'll be I'll be coming back from revenge. We'll be doing more drafts as the uh, throughout, throughout the uh, the off season. But let's let's move over to something else that we haven't done before. A little tier list, and I don't know how this is gonna work. This is just something I thought about quickly. It's okay. kind of tough to put this into tier list, but we're gonna give it a go anyway. I'm gonna make you rank buzzer beaters, and obviously buzzer all buzzer beaters are are amazing. They're all they all have different meaning and different things like that. So. You can only rank them so low. So we got E, top level, elite. Then we got the A level and B level. That's it. I'll give you four four game winners all time. Let's see. Let's see where you're going to rank them. First of all, a bit of a throwback you might have forgotten about, but we got Derek Fisher's winner against the Spurs with the series tied at 2-2. Where, I have forgotten about that. Where where are you putting that? That 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 I'm putting elite because like that, like Derek Fisher had so many play, plays like that in his career where like he everyone knows like you know Kobe's gonna take the last shot he can, but like he he had so many plays like that where as as like the second, third, fourth best player at times. Um he always had his cool about him. Like he was one of those guys that like he would take the last shot and not think about it. Like he just had that that cold blooded shooter in him. And like that, I, I remember that shot. I was I was really scared you're gonna show me something I just I can't recall at all. But I specifically I did, I remember that shot. That now. Yeah. You sure <laughs> no, about I'm, E? I'm, the, the only thing that's taken I'm, away from being E is literally because it's Derek Fisher. That's literally it. It's no <laughs> it's it's because of the kind of player that he it that's not a fluky like buzzer beater like that's who he is even though he's not like he is not the guy who's taking that shot all the time i, I think that's far more impressive like you know kobe gets to take that all he's practicing that game in game out but Derek, for he does not always get that shot and he, he's clutch he's clutch yeah, I'm, right. I'm putting that yeah. elite yeah yeah okay that's fair look at the elevation on that shot for a yeah. small guy all right then then we go we go we go for a regular season one one of the a more recent one you, you might I, I think you'll remember it Luka Doncic. Oh my gosh! Okay, the this is this is a really funny story actually because uh, my very good friend, our very good friend Tim Thornquist of the Pod, he proposed on that day. We came back, we're celebrating, and we just caught the end of this game. And uh, I I remember watching it and just being like, "All right, that Doncic, he's gonna hit that. He's gonna hit that." And I'm I'm gonna rank this in the A just because the stakes weren't as high. But like, how many shots does he have? Where like, you you know he's stepping back to his left, but like he just has enough separation, just enough space that he creates on that step back. That that was, I mean, that was money. That was one of the the coolest uh, buzzer beaters in the past few years. Yeah, that was the playoffs. I'll give it to him. But yeah, he's got got a few in the playoffs too, though. Now that that's a uh, that's just what Luca is. And then one of the one of the more famous uh, LeBron shots. One leg off the backboard against the Raptors. The shot that um, basically just kind of just defined LeBron's time, LeBron's record against the Raptors. He just had a hold on them. He could just do whatever he wanted against that team. Where are you ranking that? I hated that shot for them to B. B? <laughs> no, I'm putting that in the A. I'm putting that in the A. Um, that That's just so familiar, man. That, that's just what he does. And I would put that – I was wondering if you're going to show that. Or are you gonna show his uh his buzz beater against the Bulls, and the 
I didn't want to do that to you. Might might get yeah. you a little bit upset. I, I, I a little, didn't little trigger. Yeah, trigger warnings on this podcast. <laughs> but no, that that was that was so so terrible. Like I I'm forgetting which game that was. Was that game three or game four? Two was it? No, no three. Had- I think it was three. I think it was, it was game three because yeah. I remember watching that and like that was just so so reminiscent of when um it was it was a game three or game four when LeBron hit that buzzer beater against the Bulls and it was a it was a game that we should have won like it it the momentum was on the Bulls side the whole time and it felt that way in this same Raptors game where the, the Raptors finally were going to get their win and like you just needed you needed that you needed every possible win that you could especially when you have a good game. Because when LeBron has a like a really good game and like his teammates are but like those are games you're like okay we're we're losing this game, the Raptors had that and for him to hit a I remember when he was like falling away on the left side it was like oh they got him to an awkward shot that's perfect and then he banks it in that can we put that to an F I hated that that was awful that it was like reliving the trauma like seeing that same exact situation play out but that's that's who LeBron is man. Yeah, that's that's the way it is. Now I think I think the last one is gonna be very easy for you. The arguably the most famous buzzer beater ever. You could definitely make the argument. The Kawhi shot uh game yeah. seven, the 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 shot of a million bounces. Is there is there any other option? Is it is there where's it going? All right, that's the coolest one of the coolest buzzer beaters of all time because of the fact that it was just rolling around the rim. I'm gonna put that. I mean, gotta be. E. That's gotta be. E. Come on. Is that, e? that? I mean, that's 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 E tier. I mean, game the seven way it did, of a playoff. I know, I know, I know, I know. The, the the situation of it is crazy, and the, and the way that changed, the way that changed the NBA. That changed the NBA in so many ways. One, bringing them a championship. Imagine what Philadelphia would have been winning a championship. Imagine what that team might have still been. I mean that the fact that that shifted so much in the NBA, that one shot, like that's E tier for sure. Yeah. But we uh, got, we, we got to we well, there's no doubts. It's got it's got to be the the style points. Right? There's, no, there's no swish. Yeah, no it's, it's, it's falling it's a situation away. Situation that look at like this that shot, corner. that that shot there of like Embiid Embiid looking at it. Kawhi just like watching it as it bounces around like that. It was just, it was just absolutely unbelievable. Like in a, in a game seven as well. Like it was, what what a way to finish off. Uh, what a way to finish off a series. And that was just like the, that was the moment where it felt like it was time for the the Raptors. It just it was it was their year. And ultimately, obviously, that that's how it went. And then unfortunately, Kawhi left, and we've never seen him play again. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite that, but it, it, it's, uh, uh, it's it feels like it. It's definitely it feels feeling like, like that, it. unfortunately. But uh, no, that, that, that was fun. It worked out a little bit, little, little better than I thought it would. I thought it might be a bit all, all E tier or something like yeah, that. Yeah, at least you but, didn't you didn't show me one. I'm like, uh, when did that happen? No, nah, I wasn't gonna do you like that. Come on, man, give me give me give me a little bit of credit. I wasn't gonna do your hair like that. Now, finishing off our other our main our new segment our. Uh, NBA, would you rather? Have you got anything for me this week, or am I am I playing them up for you now? I I got a I got a few ones, and this is meant to be kind of a test. Okay. All right. Would you rather have R.J. Barrett or Cam Johnson? Ooh. Oh man. 
That's, I started easy for you. That's this isn't be easy. Oh man, I, that's a that's a tough <laughs> oh, question. <no. laughs> after after what I saw last year, after what I expected and what I've seen, I'm probably gonna take Cam Johnson. Oh wow. We just end it right there. I got no more. That was that was a starting point. Okay. Wow. Like RJ, really? please prove me so incredibly wrong on this, but what what, what we're seeing, what like who's gonna have the the better career. You think of him a two-way knockdown three-point shooter and Cam Johnson. What's RJ Barrett gonna be? All right, super realistic. All right, well, I, I got another one. Would you rather have Julius Randle or Aaron Gordon? You gotta you gotta take Julius Randle still. Okay. I mean, I get where you're coming from, but it's gotta be Julius Randle. Like he, Aaron Gordon's never gonna be your your lead scorer or, or the lead guy of a of a playoff team. Okay. Would you rather have Julius Randle or Larry Marketing? Ooh, that's tougher, but I, as much as I want to believe and I want to say to God, it should be Marketing, like the, the things that he could do for his size, but I'll probably still take him to Julius Randle. If Marketing right. goes and repeats, All right. repeats uh, what he did last year, I, I, I still, uh, but, but for now, it's, it's still, still, still Randle. No, I, I like it. I like it. Here's the ultimate test now. Would you rather have Julius Randle or Pascal Siakam? That's that's a tough one now. Ooh. My I'm kind of leaning towards Siakam again. Again, I'm also like it'd probably be a fairly similar situation. Great in the regular season, but then when you need them to be that lead guy in the playoffs, there you 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 know that maybe they're better as a as a number two guy when it comes to their big moment in the playoffs. So I'll stick I'll stick with Julius Randle. Uh, I I'll, I'll keep him ahead of Siakam. I think I think it's I think it's Randle. Okay, you you passed the the New York Knicks loyalty test for Julius Randle. Did not last very long for Barrett, which which says a lot for me. Um, now our new guy who has become just such a delight in New York, and I've loved what he's done there, Mister Brunson. Would you rather have? Jalen Brunson or Tyrese Halliburton? Maybe Jalen Brunson. All right. Okay. Number one, pass. Would you rather have Jalen Brunson or Trey Young? Jalen Brunson. I love love Jalen Brunson's energy. I love what he brings. And I think they uh, maybe – Trey's going to have more, maybe more all-star games, more all-NBAs, more points per game. But I think on the whole, when you look back at their careers, I think mm-hmm. they could be very similar level. I, I love that point. Um, Jalen Brunson or Darius Garland? Jalen Brunson. Yeah. All right. That, sure. That's, that's yeah. okay. All right. But let's, let's bump it up a little bit here. Jalen Brunson or... John Moran. You know, I'm I'm ready to to sign off on John Moran. So I'm I'm, I'm taking I'm taking Jalen Brunson. Well, maybe all right. What do we know we're gonna get from John Moran from here on in? <laughs> we may we, we may go be on a slippery slope. Jalen Brunson is gonna be the good guy of the NBA, the good the the good guy of the Knicks and the lead guy of the Knicks. Hopefully. Okay, so th- at this point we won't get any crazier than this because then we're we're talking staff range, but. Jalen Brunson or Shea Gilders Alexander. Pulling, you're pulling at me there. Ooh, man. 
I guess you gotta you you, you probably have to go Shay there. That yeah. was unfair. That was unfair. I was that was just testing you. <laughs> That's the right answer. Yeah. But uh, that, it's it's probably tougher than you than you think when you actually yeah. think about it on the whole. It, but yeah, you probably gotta go Shay though. Yeah. But like I, I was I was thinking about how hard that might be. And you know what? I, I actually I agree with a lot of those other ones. And especially like in terms of what Brunson brings to the team uh professionally speaking and consistency wise like you know obviously John Morant's a better player but right now not so sure but I you know I think it's crazy the development he's at because I I do kind of I I agree with your perspective on those other players and definitely your perspective on you know where does where does Trey Young and Jalen Brunson compare six seven years from now in terms of what their teams are doing for sure yeah yeah, I gotta gotta trust my gotta trust in my guys. You know, it's nice to be able right. it's nice to two be able to three. do that. Yeah, yeah, two out of three, two out of three. Barry, you'll, you'll come along next year. We'll 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 try <laughs> that again. Hopefully, we'll get past one player. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's that's got to be the hope. But like I said, I hope I hope uh, that he uh, he proves me very wrong. I'll go different now. I'll I'll throw one out to you. The just just the one today, one that that, that recently uh, got a bit of got a bit of a conversation. I th- I believe, but who would you rather? Start your franchise with Paul Pierce or Dwayne Wade. What? Really? I'm sorry, Boston, but please, please. Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade, Dwayne Wade, Dwayne Wade, a hundred percent Dwayne Wade. I don't know who's asking that question. I love Paul Pierce, one of the great, great score scorers in history. Um, according to him, developed the step back. Um, I guess that that that's him, sure. Um, the truth um, made one of the most miraculous in-game medical recoveries of all time. Um, like that, definitely historical great. But Dwayne Wade, I mean, just I mean, come on, Dwayne Wade. Do I have, do I have to do I have to go into it? I mean, that one of the most electrical scores defenders from day one the second this guy got in the nba i think that that's also like one of the you know let's look back and look at what players made an impact right away like championship like that this guy was winning championships the second he got into the league not not because of someone else but because of him like he he was a driving force of miami they got in the league mm-hmm. no question yeah. none asked I like it. Yeah. No, I I agree. You got you got you got that answer straight up. I I'm glad, I'm glad I'm glad that you uh, you made that call and and it was so so unanimous. You're definitely uh, you're definitely on the right side of it there. But I think that's gonna do it for today's episode. A little bit of fun there to finish off. We both we both had our tests and we both we both we both seem to have passed. Yeah, mine was a little easier. Yeah. Yeah, yours a little bit easier. Yeah. Um, we have our draft, Chris won that but that will hopefully change as uh, as we move forward still in the depths of the offseason still a lot of fun to be had still a lot of basketball to be talked about even if it's not current and looking ahead but we will continue to look at the teams like I mentioned that have a lot of question marks heading into the new season we will be continuing to have some fun with some drafts and some NBA would you rathers and uh, the throwback corner will definitely be something that we uh, we continue to do but For now, that's it. My thanks to Chris for joining me. Thank you all so much for listening. And remember, take every shot and love every moment.